The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 105 of the Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sands, and welcome to episode 105 of The Catholics of Oz. So great to have you with us today. It's been a while, and we'll explain why that is in a moment. But first of all, I'd like to introduce my co-host, my good friend, my brother from another mother, as we say sometimes. Actually, I probably, I probably say it too often. Lido Saval. Lido, how are you? I'm good, Lindsay. I'm good. And hello, everyone, and to all the listeners out there. Uh, this is a quick, uh, nice um, weather forecast for Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Here is nice and springy. It is beautiful. So spring has really coming back. My condolences to all the people who are... Um, Hay fever sufferers. Oh boy! Just um, take your tablet, tablets, and, and your sprays, um, and sprays, and um, and stay and indoors. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Try to. Well, <laughs> no, not yes. really. <laughs> yeah, just don't go outside. Uh, yeah, You'll I be think- fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. It's true. It's probably our uh, safest place. Maybe the beach. Yeah, the beach yeah. will be okay. It's not too cool, but you know, you go for a walk. You know, stroll anywhere your- where there isn't. Oxygen, you should be fine. Poor <laughs> things, yeah, poor things. So yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness me, yeah. How long, Lindsay? Two weeks. So yeah, I think was it Caroline uh, on our, our, po- our last uh, podcast? Or yeah, was this just the two of us? Oh, I can't remember to be honest. It's been that long. Yeah, oh, it's been that long. Mm. Oh my goodness me! Yeah, that's there you go. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's let's. Uh, wow. Yeah. Every every so often on this um podcast, we do confess our sins, and uh, yes, we. <laughs> Forgive us, listeners. It's been four weeks since our last episode. Uh, so, uh, wow. yeah, yeah, because we're, okay. yeah, we're yes. a bi-monthly for, uh, podcast, as you know. So, um, yeah, so mm, uh, mm. A, a few things came together. So, essentially, um, I had COVID again. That was lovely. Just putting it out there. Oh, yep. my goodness me, yes. So, that wasn't oh. the prime reason, though, So, uh, but it certainly contributed. Uh, yeah, Caroline Ooh. has been a bit wiped out lately because she's, uh, she's been... Up and down, you know, just uh, with colds and flus, as she does. Colds and, and flus. Yeah. Although she held out for a long time this year, so that was good. But at the moment, she's a bit okay. under the weather. And she's not with us today again because yeah. she's unfortunately better well, poor thing. Yes, yes. Get better, get better but soon. But she will on. listen to this episode. Yeah, she will listen and she will tell us if we've done a good job or not. So that's all right. Especially the, <laughs> especially <laughs> the science segment. Yeah. The yeah. subject science section, section we're going to be doing. Whoa, okay. Mm. <laughs> Lena, as you know, my son plays tennis and uh, his team got into the grand final, but the grand mm, final was mm. on the day where we went to podcast as well. So I just, I couldn't rearrange anything, couldn't get the, the work around. So it, uh, no, no, it is what it little is, bit, man. A little bit selfish reasons on my part, but uh, yeah, it's one of the, uh, you know, yeah. like when your kid gets into a grand final, you go, right? You, you can't, yeah. I mean, not only, not only do you go, but you follow, you pull your fellow podcasters along as well. So <laughs> <laughs> it was such a yeah. great, great, great day. I, I, yeah. it reminds me of the days where I used to, well, personally, we, I used to go to a local, mm. uh, tennis match or basketball match or a, a footy match, any sport that was playing near our area back in the days. You know, and it's great to see that. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I was funny thing is I, I was trying my best. 
at times I did shout out, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. clapped my hands and go, mm, we're gonna be careful here. It's just, uh, yeah. yeah, give a bit of a, what is it called? A golf clap, you know? Yeah, the little, the little, <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. yeah so yeah, we yeah. did, yeah, you, it's, it, yeah, we want to get passionate and call out. It's, it is kids playing, so you're going to be careful. Exactly. Because the thing is, you don't want to cheer yeah. against the kid who's losing as well. You know what I mean? Like, you want the kids to enjoy no. it. Like, all that. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, unsaid. Unsaid. Yeah. Now, they did lose the grand final, unfortunately, but um, they fought hard. It was a... It was a it, but they played very well. Very well. Yeah. It was a good battle, and that's the key thing, right, is that they had a, a good mm-hmm. a good battle. Mm-hmm. They came runners-up this time around. a good time. Yeah. And, and what yeah, was yeah. interesting was... At the time, uh, Carlos hmm. Al- Alcaraz and uh, Daniel yeah, Medvedev, some- their singles match yeah. was going on at the same time, and their singles match started before the kids' final, and it was still going after the final was over. So that's eight tennis matches. That's eight kids' tennis <laughs> matches, and the match, their match, was still going from before till after that was going on. So, yeah. wow, unbelievable! The, they're pros. Unbelievable. They are pros. Yeah. Now, pros. Look, one one thing, one thing I found frustrating was the wind. And oh, you and yeah. I, Lindsay, you and I, when we played tennis, oh yeah, it, when that ball, yeah. when the sorry, when that wind picks up the ball and it goes into another direction, you go, okay, yeah, a bit of a change of strategy, trying to you know hit yeah. the ball and and all that stuff. If so, you're planning on hitting a lob, you have to kind of almost aim outside the court so it blows back in, you know. <laughs> back back yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like a Shane Warne, almost like a Shane Warne spin. Exactly right, yeah. <laughs> coming, in, yeah. coming into the court, yeah. <laughs> understand, understand. Gee, he would have been, he would have been a good tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> Total spin. Yeah. King of spin, that guy. It was cool, cool. <laughs> May he rest in peace as well. Yes, yes, definitely. So with that, let's, uh, let's move on. Um, so, first of all, if you're new to listening to The Catholics of Oz, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. Uh, when you do, please remember to give us a five-star rating and some positive feedback so that we can uh, hear from you and what you think of the show, but also to reach new people because building community is what we are all about. SQPN hosts The Catholics of Oz on YouTube. You can subscribe there by searching for SQPN and hitting the subscribe. And uh, what is it? Smashing that bell? to get notifications when new episodes are released. I always get that wrong. I, I think it's, yeah. I think it, yeah, yeah, I think people will understand that. People yeah, know how to use YouTube, YouTube, right? Yeah, they know Yeah, how to YouTube subscribe. and everything, yeah. Yeah. On yep. 10. <laughs> so with that, let's get into Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Oh. Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I'd sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, Lido, uh, this uh, topic mm. is a timely one because uh, currently in Australia, the national debate, the national discussion or the national dialogue, whatever you want to call it, people talking, mm. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of discussion going on about the referendum. So, we have a referendum yeah. coming up in October, I think. I believe it's October 14th. I, I think, 14th? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a referendum um, in Australia is basically to change an element of the constitution. So that's, you know, there's been several rep- referendums over the decades. 
so this Decades current one has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this current one is to change the referendum to include, firstly, recognition of Indigenous Australians, so Aboriginals and Torres Strait Islanders, and then also mm-hmm. to implement a, an advisory board called the Voice. So it's essentially. Um, a, a board of a number of Indigenous representatives from around the country. So that what the composition of the board looks like, it can only be decided after the, the referendum is over. They would basically speak or, or advise, provide advice to the government about laws which affect the lives of Aboriginal people. So governments over time make successive laws, you know, um, about, you know, about Aboriginal people and trying to improve their lives and so on, or, you know, you know, mm. there's a whole history. We haven't got time to go into it, but Aboriginal mm-hmm. people want more say in those laws because they're the people on the grounds, right? So that's, that's the um, perspective yeah. they're giving us. They're the people on the grounds and yep. they, they want to be able to say more about those laws. And we've talked about the Uluru Statement from the Heart already. Um, and we've mentioned, you know, several, in several podcasts uh, about what the Uluru Statement is, what the church's position, you know, of endorsing the statement is and so on. Now, here we are. We are, you know, a couple of weeks away from the um, the referendum and we'll be asked a question and basically we just simply write yes or no. Now, you know, whatever mm-hmm. advice Australians, because there's been a lot of rhetoric, you simply write the word yes or the yes. word no. Okay. Yes or no? That's yeah, it. right. it's really interesting for us. Um, when we're doing this, isn't it, Lindsay? We, we can't put a tick or a cross yeah. on where it oh is. Oh my goodness! The, the, actually, yeah. <laughs> it's so. Okay. Sometimes it goes bananas, yeah. right? Like, like, yeah, yeah. No, look, no one in, in no one who is listening to this <laughs> podcast is immune or, yes. or, or or has you know has not been yeah. you know subject to media sensationalism and. You know, all the political nonsense that goes on in the background, right? Okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but the referendum, like forever, has just been yes or no. Oh, so, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. people yeah. who are fighting about ticks or crosses, I mean, like, fight about something that matters, all right? Just, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I know. Yeah. It was silly. It's a silly Go read a book, read a book or something, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so because this is a big societal discussion at the moment, uh, and it's not a new discussion, mm-hmm. it's obviously been going since the discussion's been going it since 2017 from, when the all um, yeah, the Uluru yeah. voice uh, statement was, um, you know, was released and, uh, to the Australian public. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't released from politicians, but, and it wasn't given to poli- necessarily to politicians, although it was, but essentially it was um, from Aboriginal people to, the, to everyone else in Australia, to everyone who's not Indigenous mm. to Australia. Uh, and it was an invitation to bring our cultures together in a unifying way, you know, in a way that's more loving. So that's why it's called From the Hearts, From Their Heart to Our Heart. I've talked about this before. So anyway, previous episode, I'm not going to repeat all the all the stuff from last episode. <laughs> what I do want to share today, though, is that so every year, um, the Australian Catholic Bishops Conference produces a social justice statement. And they release it at the end of August at a time called Social Justice Sunday. So um, on the, I think it's the last Sunday of August, usually traditionally, where this statement is published for Catholics and for anyone else on a particular issue. So in previous previous statements, they've talked about um, domestic violence, the environment, mental health, the proper care of um, of elderly Australians, many, many, many like societal issues that matter, right? Asylum seekers, you, you'll see, you know, all of these things that are essentially, you know, Matthew twenty five. Whatever you did to the to the least of these, you did to me. It's essentially the theme. So this time round, the social justice statement tradition returns to to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, and it's called "Listen, Learn, Love." 
So this is the social justice statement for 2023 up till August 2024. And its theme is a new engagement with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. So essentially what the bishops are asking the Australian church to do is to broaden the engagement that we have with Aboriginal Australians. Now we have, we have to mention that there is a large number of uh, Indigenous Australians who are Catholic as well. Mm. So we have, exactly. you know, mm. amongst the, our yep. Aboriginal population, we have Catholic brothers and sisters too. And they have also been engaged in, in trying to bring all of us together. And I've mentioned before Pope John Paul II's, you know, statements, um, you know, you are, you know, part of the church. And you need to make your contribution to the church and the church in Australia will not be, you know, fully complete until you've made that contribution and until that contribution is, you know, is joyfully received. We've talked about that before. So, um, mm, so mm, even mm. in that sense of, of unity where, you know, we're always looking to build better unity, better dialogue and essentially Christian love. That's, that's where it's coming from. So, exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. I will mm. never be able to do any document that I share justice because we don't have five hours to, to do a podcast. I suggest, that, in fact, <laughs> yeah. if we do a five hour podcast, this will be our last podcast that we ever do, I think. So, oh, no, yeah. it'll be, be uh, trouble. Yeah, yeah but we'll be a little bit of trouble. It's a great issue to talk about. Not in, sorry, not issue, but yeah, a good statement to A good topic, to talk yeah. About. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, uh, building more listening, more love between our, our different communities. With that in definitely, mind. Definitely. So mm. with that in mind, I'm going to just give us a, a whirlwind tour of, of the statement and then encourage uh, people to read it. Now, anyone can read it. So uh, Australian Catholics, but you know, anyone around the world can read it and, um, and, and just hear a different perspective that might be different. You know, like we all live in different contexts and different cultures. And I'm sure that the bishops of another country, wherever it might be in a different part of the world will have their own statement on things that are going on there as well. So. It's good for us to know what's happening as much as we can in, you know, in our Catholic world. They begin by putting an acknowledgement of country. So the plenary council, and I'll talk about this later, they, they talked about acknowledgements of country, um, becoming more part of, you know, church life. So having, for example, physical plaques on, you know, on parishes and things like that, you know, so that they're seen in a prominent way. That's later on in the statement. Mm. I'll get to that later, but you can have mm. specific ones, you know, where you talk about yeah. whose country you're in, you know, recognizing that. Or you can have broad ones, you know, and because the statement is to all of Australia, this is like a, a broad a general one saying, you know, simple acknowledgement of land. Now, the theme of acknowledgement is not like, uh, you know, we're so sorry we stole your land. It's nothing like that. All right. So we've got to, you know, we've got to be careful about that. It's not a, you know, a political statement mm-hmm. in this sense. Okay. Yeah. In a sense, it's, it's all about the theme, the heart of everything, especially for the church. And this is so important for all of us. It's, the heart of it is reconciliation. We are so people of reconciliation, aren't we? Right? We we yeah, want to, moment. you know, yeah, well, always, always, Sorry, always yeah, in, in yeah. every mm, mm, every mm. context. All right, not just indigenous reconciliation. Everything, you know, when we mm, when we mm. you know do something to our, our brother, we want to heal the wound, right? You know, whatever it might be, it can be within our families where we do something stupid and we regret it, and we we want to heal that wound. And Christ is the one that helps us to to do that, right? Or whether it's exactly. a friend or or whatever it might be, right? So. Peace, reconciliation, we are all about that. That's our mandate all the time, right? So, so mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. Australian bishops, through the acknowledgement, and if anyone would like to read it, it's on the second page. It's all about reconciliation and it's all about recognition of, um, of the spiritual attachment that Indigenous Australians have, you know, to the land of Australia. So that, and then it goes on, um, to establish some thank yous. And the thank yous are actually important. And always like, you know, you know, like when you watch those political ads and they're like, 
authorized by liberal party camera you know that kind of stuff it's <laughs> yes. it's nothing like yes. that uh, yeah i think this is important because it acknowledges in its thanks natsik so that's the national aboriginal torres strait islander catholic commission i hope i got that correct however it's a yes. yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah. Yep. it's a body of aboriginal uh, and torres strait islander catholics who advise the church essentially on indigenous issues and, and so on and we can talk more about that relationship later too. The reason why that's important though today is because this statement is a little bit unique in that it's in two parts. The first part is actually written by Natsik, by members of Natsik. And the second part is written by, you know, on behalf of the Australian bishops. Mm, mm. So what they've allowed this time is for this Aboriginal body to, of Catholics to make their contribution first. So put their voice into the document. And then the Australian bishops have essentially responded to that, if that makes sense, So that in the second half. Mm, mm. So with that in mind, I'm just going to go through a couple of key points that have popped out. Again, I can't go through everything because, you know, it'll be a five-hour podcast and that's expensive. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it is actually. But, sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know anyone who does a five-hour commute to get to work, so I'm not sure if they would have listened to that that long. So, uh, yeah. Well, and, they can always, um, uh, you know, listen to it on a plane yeah, <laughs> or yeah, something if they want to do. If you do commute five hours to work, respect. I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So um, with that in mind, uh, let's uh, go through a bit of the document. So it says May 26th is an important date for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. In 1997, it marks the delivery of the Bringing Them Home report into the history of the forcible removal of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children from their families and communities. That policy continues to cause great trauma for members of the stolen generation to this day. As we know, Lino, there are many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are alive today who have memories of the stolen generation. Who, yes. Yeah. yeah um, you know, I've been yeah. taken from families and so on. So this report was a, you know, a groundbreaking report because it actually started to open that story up a little bit more. 20 years later, on May 26, 2017, over 250 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander leaders gathered at the National Constitutional Convention at Uluru and issued the Uluru Statement from the Heart. It followed an unprecedented process of dialogue with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across Australia. It recommended the enshrinement of a voice to Parliament in the Constitution, as well as treaty and truth-telling. So this year's Social Justice Statement, Listen, Learn, Love, a new engagement with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, we hear from members of the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholic Council, or NATSIC, who speak directly mm. about the history of injustice faced by the First Peoples of this country and what needs to be done to right those wrongs. Recounting impact of loss of land and culture, the experience of racism, the forcible removal of children, high incarceration and suicide rates, alcohol abuse and domestic violence, and poor outcomes in health, employment, housing and education is very painful. At the heart of this year's social justice statement is a call for the people of God to embrace a new engagement with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, an engagement which involves a commitment to listen to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sisters and brothers and to learn from them. Listening and learning and the actions which follow from, from them must be grounded in a spirit of love if there is to be a change for the better. So that's essentially the theme. So, so I've read the whole thing. There are some difficult parts to read. And when I say difficult, they're not graphic or terrible but the mm. from the natsik side they they recall some real stories about some you know some pretty awful um historical things that happened but when we say historical uh, i don't mean like historical like 200 years ago 
although that factors in as well, right? I mean, historical as in mm. people who are alive today who actually experienced some of those terrible things. So the, the bishops asked Natsik to put that perspective in so that they could then respond later on. Again, I can't read everything here, but I do encourage people to have a look. But on page five, there's a story from um, Uncle Bevan, who's an Indigenous person from, um, from Queensland, and he uh, was put into one of the missions that, that was set up. And he tells the story, um, or they recall the telling of, of, of him telling the story because sadly he's deceased now. But in 2019, I think it was, he took some Australian Catholic representatives, including bishops, through his, uh, the, the museum, which is now dedicated to his mission. And he explained his experiences. So he, he said that, for example, uh, that the food that was given to them was very basic and not so great. At one point, he was put into, you know, six months of kind of not isolation, but, you know, but like almost like just in, uh, how do I put it? Yeah, kind of like an isolation anyway, because, okay. yeah, mm. so for, for, you know, for something he did that was wrong, uh, he tried to ride a, an animal and it died, I think. It was a calf and it died. Um, oh. And so he was punished basically for six months for that. So, you know, quite, uh, quite a strict punishment mm. and so on. Okay. And from there, obviously, that, that, that all happened. Later in his life, he, he was able to study to be a teacher, which was great. And he became a principal and he became an advisor to the, you know, to the church about Aboriginal issues and so on. And he continued to represent and speak about um, some of the Indigenous disadvantage that, that happened. Yeah, sadly, he died at the age of 65. And that was only two weeks after he gave that tour. And so his story, you know, is one of the stories that... Um, that they rely on. They talk about the closing the gap campaign. So this is a, a campaign. Um, the Australian government, regardless of which side is in power, the Australian government every year releases a report called Closing the Gap. And it's about the efforts of the Australian community to close the gap in several areas between Indigenous Australians and everyone else. So there was a time where, for example, Indigenous children's birth weights when they were born was lower on average than everyone else. That has improved a lot. There are still gaps in, for example, the, uh, the levels of, uh, of education in some parts of Australia. So, for example, Aboriginal children who finish high school, that gap hasn't entirely closed. So the report goes through areas where things are improving, but areas where things, you know, where things need to be better. So they that's really be better. Yeah. I understand. Mm -hmm. So as a kind of a, how do you put it? Like a method of accountability that the, you know, the Australian government releases that report every year. They publish it to the parliament and to everyone else so that, um, so that the people can see where things are getting better, where things haven't improved, or maybe where things might be starting to go backwards. So, and, and so closing Ooh, the gap, okay. you know, for example, mm -hmm. we know, for example, that the life expectancy of your average Aboriginal, you know, man or woman is probably about 10 years or so less than everyone else. Oh, wow. Yeah. Around wow. the country. Yes. Okay. And so that's a gap, you know, that needs to be closed. And that obviously is through better outcomes from the beginning of a person's life and, and so on. So that's true. Yeah. So true. The, the report gives a summary of some of those key areas. Again, I can't go through all of them because we'll be here forever. Something else I encourage um, people to have a look at too. So what they essentially say is that we're not, hopeless or helpless. They don't want to be thought of in that way. Um, this is their voice. We know how to make programs which work for our people. They said too often governments have not been able to make things better because they leave us out of the decisions about programs and their implementation. And they quote Patrick Dodson, who's they, they, who they describe as the father of reconciliation and is now a senator for Western Australia. And he made this point in 1996. The track behind us is littered with the relics of policies, programs and projects that failed that wasted taxpayers' money and failed to deliver real outcomes to those crying out for them. 
They failed mainly because they did not include Indigenous people in making the decisions. Nothing about us without us is a saying in which many of us share to emphasize the need for us to be at the decision-making table. So as you could imagine with this document as it goes on, it will go on to say that NATSIC, um, on behalf of the Aboriginal people they represent, they support yes votes in the voice referendum. So they, they want that uh, voice of consultation on, on their behalf to become you know, a thing. So in this half of the, the social justice statement, they then go on to make the case for a voice being established in the parliament. Okay. Mm-hmm. They go on to say the following. They they quote from the plenary council, which we've you know we went through all the documents from the um, from the plenary council, and it says decree one offers a clear path for making the changes that we would like to see in the church, and and they go on to talk about what what they'd like to see the church do more of, and so the the bishops have endorsed these changes, and now obviously we have to wait for the Vatican to go tick. You can go ahead and do that, but the decree accepts Natsik's recommendations for embracing the contribution of Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander peoples. In the life of the church, the decree requires parishes, schools, and eparchies too. And there's a few dot points. Okay. Acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which their property is situated. It says in a prominent place. So this could be, you know, frequent acknowledgements or it could be plaques, you know, that are, you know, written and installed. Yeah. Things like that. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To enroll all staff and volunteers in the cultural competency in a Catholic context course to ensure that all retreats and similar opportunities are culturally appropriate. And to seek and to appoint Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to committees, boards, and commissions. And so they, they go on to say, we strongly recommend that, that, that this goes on ahead. So their, uh, their section finishes with the following. It says, Australians have an opportunity to begin a new chapter to this year with a referendum on the voice to parliament. We in NATSIC know that there are criticisms, even from Aboriginal people, but most Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people support the referendum. Just as the churches strongly supported the 1967 referendum, we hope that Catholics, along with other people of faith, will support the Yes campaign. It is a commitment to recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the constitution and promoting healing and unity. It will be the next step in a process of empowering us to participate in the decisions that will make a difference for the better for our people. Australian leaders in the parliament will hear directly from our representatives about how government actions will affect our people and how these government programs could work better. As the other elements of the Uluru Statement from the Heart are implemented down the track, all Australians will begin to hear the truth about our long history of pain and injustice, and we will begin to have a direct say in our future in the treaty process. We, NATSIC, feel that the referendum is too important to fail. The consequences for our people and the whole nation would be devastating. Yeah, that's the Nazi point of view. So they make that appeal to Australian Catholics to, you know, to vote yes. And, but they also acknowledge that, uh, for example, within the Indigenous community, there are some Aboriginals who don't support the voice and, and who are probably more in the in the no camp. Yeah, I've been hearing and reading about that. Mm-hmm. And so, look, while the, you know, while the overwhelming majority of um, Indigenous people support it, that obviously, you know, if we're going to be fair, we have to listen to everyone, right? And make an informed yeah. decision. Yeah. And this is what the next section does, right? The Australian Catholic bishops, they are urging us to listen um, and to vote accordingly based on, on our listening. Um, and so that's the part I'm going to do ne- next, Lino. I'll, I'll try and do this as briefly as I can. Um, <laughs> because uh, this is so the second half of the document is about the is from the Catholic bishops and basically their response to the Nazi half, if that kind of makes sense. So. Mm, understand. Yeah. They go on to say, um, we hear the pain in the face of continuing injustice. We recognize that these are very sensitive issues and retelling stories of what has happened 
causes more pain and trauma. We also acknowledge the resilience in um, of Aboriginal people in the face of centuries of injustice and their efforts to overcome these great wrongs. The church has not been an observer or bystander when injustices were committed, not just been, sorry, uh, sometimes or often the church has been involved. Uh, and so, that you know, the church, you know, there were Catholic missions or who were sort of uh, involved in stolen generation things as well. So the church has been on in different parts of this. Um, so sometimes you can't even say the whole church helped and then the whole church hurts. It's different elements or pockets of the church within Australia over history. So it's complicated, oh, okay. right? Mm. Yeah, because they also mm, yeah. acknowledge, and this one's interesting, right? And I have read about this before. Australia's first archbishop, John Bede Polding, right? So this was the person who had the, he had the um, Benedictine vision for the church at one point, right? But that's a whole other story. But mm. he, uh, he got to know Aboriginal people and he was quite furious actually in his writing, right? So he, uh, in one of his writings that I read, and I, I'll paraphrase it very badly, but he was talking about how, um, the blood of the Aboriginal people was screaming for justice, you know, from the grounds, right? So he was, uh, mm, he started to okay. learn about, you know, he saw things basically and knew things that were quite, quite terrible in his time. Uh, however, what the church does quote is, um, it says the following. So, uh, there have been bishops who listened. Australia's first Archbishop, John Bede Polding, spoke powerfully to an inquiry by the New South Wales Legislative Council. And, you know, this is in 1845, okay? So, <laughs> wow. At, yeah, at one point in his evidence, he put himself in the place of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, and he said the following. He said, I am making myself black, putting myself in that position, and taking away all that I know, except that this is my country, that my father lived pursuing the emu and the kangaroo, that I am driven away from my hunting grounds, that my children and tribe are subjected to the grossest barbarities. So this is in 1845, right? Mm, wow. You know, this guy, he was like a, he didn't hold back. Right? He just said whatever he wanted about issues, right? Wow. So, straight, straight, sort of, not say, say straight to the point, but he just wants to make that point direct. Yeah. yeah. Look, oh, put wow. it this way. Put it this way. He wouldn't be published in a Bishop's Social Justice Statement today, right? Like, as in like, if he was alive Ooh. today. Um, but he would be published in yeah, this case. Yeah, a few like, things. <laughs> to, to show the history um, of the church church's engagement and disengagement with, with, um, with Aboriginal people. Mm. So, and what he's saying is, you know, what he's seen and experienced, uh, you know, uh, and heard from the Aboriginal people that he works with. Um, he was the bishop who traveled a lot by horseback. He, he was the archbishop who would hop on a horse and go visit people where they were all around his area. So, um, Wow. He was quite connected to, to, to everyday people. So then it goes cool. through more history. In 2006, there was a social justice statement about Aboriginals again. And they uh, quoted Pope John Paul II, who, and this is 20 years ago, the statement. He had said, what has been done cannot be undone, but what can be done now to remedy the deeds of yesterday must not be put off till tomorrow. So they go on to say in that statement, it would seem that the remedies are well within our economic reach. The message delivered in Alice Springs, and this was in 1986, mm. continues to challenge us to positive, decisive action today. So that was the church in 2006 when they were talking about, but a bit talking about this issue. Now they comment on the voice to parliament. So this is the Australian Catholic bishops, their statement on the voice to parliament. They said, it is an essential part of our Christian mission to infuse society with the love which Christ offers. So take all the issues aside, Lino, and this is our mission always, right? As Catholics, this is our mission to infuse society with the love of Christ. That, that's, that's what we always do. So then it goes on to then apply this to the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander issue and the voice and so on. 
It says, this is a love which does not patronize or pity Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians. It is a love which seeks them out where they are, listens to them and learns from their great wisdom and which walks with them to place where they are together freed from every injustice and oppression. In the current moment, this is an invaluable example that the church can offer to all Australians as a way to reconciliation and peace in our land. In the light of what we've heard and learnt from our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sisters and brothers, we say, we love you and commit ourselves to walking alongside you on your struggle for justice. In 2021, we endorsed the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which speaks of the disempowerment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and of their hopes for a better future for their young people. The Fifth Plenary Council of Australia also offered its support to the Uluru Statement in 2022. The Australian Catholic Bishops Conference will not tell Catholics or their fellow Australians how to vote in the referendum. Instead, we ask all Australians to seek out information on the referendum proposal, especially from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Weigh up all the arguments and the information carefully and make a choice which you think respects the hopes and aspirations of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Choose the option which you believe offers the best chance of healing and justice for the first peoples of our land. So they're not saying vote yes or vote no. Um, they're saying listen and then vote. Listen carefully and then vote. Now, interestingly, the first half has the Natsik voice. And if we listen to it, they're obviously pushing us in a particular direction, right? So mm-hmm. if we take the document in its entirety, I think there's enough in here to help us make an informed yes or no decision as Catholics, mm-hmm. right? If we need a Catholic perspective, this document is really good for that. Uh, then obviously, as not just as Catholics, but as citizens, we can broaden our perspective by looking at what other people say. But what I'd suggest is don't listen to politicians on any side. Put that all aside, <laughs> right? And just mm-hmm. listen to... Listen to everyday Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on both sides. Mm, on both sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who are saying yes and no. Mm, all right. Mm, and mm, listen mm. to them all and weigh up what you think is the most reconciling thing to do. We are people of reconciliation. As it says, as it said earlier, our essential Christian mission is to infuse society with the love that Christ offers. So when all of us as free people, as Catholics with a conscience, make a decision October 14th, you make the decision that you believe is the most Christian response to reconciliation. What I would advise people is don't go in blind, right? Don't go in going, yeah. I, I, uh, uh. I'll just put whatever because I'm not sure. I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, for example, I remember a member of my family, not Caroline, I'll just say that, a member of my family <laughs> uh, used to vote by uh, lo- not knowing who to vote for, by, lo- by looking at all the pictures of the politicians then voting for who they think was the better looking one. And I know that some Australians have done this. I know that you have. All right. So don't hide really? from it. All right. Really? Oh, my goodness me. Many of you listening know you've done this. Okay. All right. And that's not a good oh, metric for, for judging who should vote wow. for. Wow. Oh, wow. So it would be good to, for example, the Australian bishops have said, please read the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Make an assessment on that. Listen to listen to the voices of our Aboriginal brothers and sisters and, and then make a decision there. So then um, it goes on to say, we urge every Catholic and all people of goodwill to take every opportunity to join with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in dialogue about their hopes and dreams for the future and about whether the voice proposal could help bring about change for the better. Listen and learn from what you hear. Let love guide you in making a decision that supports Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to find justice. Some actions you could take include reach out to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organizations in your area to get to know about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people better. 
Uh, I'm going to save the next one for last because I want to say something about that. But the others say, learn more about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history. Attend events and ceremonies organized by local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Explore the voice websites developed by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organizations, especially Nat Six Ones, and we'll put a link in our show notes, but it's indigenousvoice.church, and participate in face-to-face online conversations about the voice. And the other dot point I wanted to save till last is, if your diocese has an Aboriginal Catholic ministry, get in touch with them and participate in activities. The reason I left that last is because weeks ago, uh, our school purchased uh, an Aboriginal painted cross from Aboriginal Catholic ministry. And we needed it really quickly, right? Because we had a, okay. we had a, um, we had a service. Um, it was our school's feast day, like celebration of community day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was going to be a gift from the year seven students to the year 12 students, right? So, okay. and we needed it quickly. We didn't have much time. So my immediate boss said, Oh, how are we going to get it? And I said, look, Friday, I've only got one lesson. Why don't I just drive into the city and pick it up? And he said, Oh yeah, do that, do that. You know, so, so I did that. And, um, and, uh, Caroline is actually on the way, right? So she's on the way, the drive. So I thought I called her and said, um, you interested in coming? She's like, yeah. So, um, I arranged it. And so the center was actually closed that day, but the indigenous woman, Adette, who, um, who works there, she was happy for us to come along and she was happy to come to, you know, in the morning to open up for us and, and, and get the cross for us. So we got there, me and Caroline, we met Adette. And, um, and she showed us around. It's just like a, it's just a house, a property, you know, in, in, near the city. And it's got, you know, indigenous artworks, Catholic indigenous artworks. And you know what she did? She showed us around. She gave us the time and she showed us around. Okay. Yeah. So they've got their chapel there. So she showed us the chapel with these amazingly beautiful indigenous stations of the cross. And she, she showed us, she showed us the artworks all around the place. She told us some of the stories of the places that were there. And then when she gave us the cross, she gave us two rosary beads that were made by local indigenous people. And they were made from like, you know, like gum nuts and by, you know, from local things. And like I said, oh, you know, how much do you want for this? She said, no, you can have them. And I'm trying to, mm. <laughs> trying to keep myself composed here. Yeah. But like, man, <laughs> it was so beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, mm. this mm. Aboriginal Catholic woman handed us rosary beads and I, uh, I don't know. I couldn't have felt more humble in that moment than I've ever felt in my life. You know, yeah. um, totally, 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 totally. Me and Caroline, we physically experienced the heart of an indigenous Catholic reaching out to our hearts. And it was, yeah, I don't know how to describe how yeah. beautiful that yeah, moment yeah. was. It was grace filled. It was spirit filled. And I thank God so much that this <laughs> coincidence of things came together <laughs> that, that we could go and visit there. And she asked about us and, you know, and she said, and I said, you know, cause she said, oh, so you're not, your sister's not from the school. How you know, why did you come? And she said, oh, we do this podcast. We talked about Catholics of Oz. She got really excited. You know, we, we talked about what we do and she became a subscriber. So hello, Odette. You know, so, you know, which is really nice. You know? Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And it was beautiful. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's one connection that this podcast can also make with our, our indigenous brothers and sisters, you know, keeping in mind already with what, where the heart of the church is to, to listen, learn and love. You know, obviously as Catholics in Australia, we want the full Catholic experience. And that includes, you know, uh, our indigenous brothers and sisters too. So, uh, Lino, oh, I've said a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I thought I'd add that story at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, any, just any thoughts on the bishop's statement? Anything that stood out to you or from any of that? No, it's a very good um, statement. This, um, this document is very, very informative um, and um, will give a lot of people, how, how can I say it, um, without, <laughs> without bringing any... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, feelings and and um, 
basically we got something. I don't know if you got it, Lindsay. Mm. Um, a, refer- a referendum um, pamphlet coming. Yeah, it's in. gone to everyone. Yes, and explained. Yeah. Yeah, it can explain from the yes and no mm. side of things. And for me personally, I, I didn't really know both. Oh, I knew one side, but I didn't know the other sure, side. Sure. Yeah. So I had to read both sides yeah. and see what's going on. And this document has really opened my eyes and, and understood where the Aboriginal people are coming from mm. and what we are Catholics need to um, work with them. And we, we need to work with them always, even though, even though, this um, referendum doesn't go through, it does not mean that we do not stop mm. helping Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. It doesn't mean, and, and I'll be hearing, I know I should be hearing in the media, or if this doesn't happen, you know, things are going to change and everything. Mm. Maybe there is change, but if this through, it does not mean, I believe it does not mean that we don't stop helping and being with our brothers and sisters mm. And the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Yeah. The history of Aboriginal people moving towards recognition and reconciliation has been mm. littered with mm. successes and setbacks, both. And so mm. this yeah. referendum is either going to be on their behalf a success or a setback. But like you said, reconciliation does not get a full stop on October the 15th, you know, the day after. Reconciliation continues exactly. whether yep. there's a voice or not enshrined in our constitution yes. on the next day. Yes. Yes. And as the bishops have urged us, listen, learn, love. And, you know, and we will, yes. you know, whatever society does, at least us as a church, we, we set the example of loving our Indigenous brothers and sisters, Catholic or not, all right, but we do have a lot of Catholic Indigenous brothers and sisters. Yes. And we, we continue that from there. I can't predict what the referendum will do. You can look at the news and see where they talk about the ups and downs. I honestly don't care about polls and I don't care about predictions. Mm. What I care about is, as that, as politicians say, the only poll that matters is the vote on the day, right? It's the election. You know, what I mean? that's what they always say, right? <laughs> but honestly, that's true. The, true. the only um, metric that matters is what people vote on October 14th. It's pretty obvious where we or the three of us stand. Where you know, where I think we've pretty much settled on a on a yes position, but we're not telling you what to think as a listener. Mm. But we are, you yes. know, uh, because we've gone through a process of listening and learning and loving. You know, as Lino talked about the pamphlet before, it, um, every Australian receives yeah. that pamphlet, yeah. and I do. And this is not a Catholic pamphlet; it's no. it's one that's released no. by some people who are for yes and some who are for no. And we strongly, strongly urge exactly. everyone to read it because it will outline clearly the yes and the no um, sides and it will help you to make an informed decision. So I think that's plus the Uluru statement, plus, like I said, listening will help you to make an informed decision. Uh, it's it's never a good idea to go in blind <laughs> and just like I don't know what this is about. I'm definitely not. I'll just write anything. I'll just you know. Yeah. I'll just uh, I'll just write down the better looking word. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, obviously, going informed. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was I was had with that, that phrase. Um, you know, take a leap of faith. Mm. Mm, yes, it, it that's yeah. a bit of a double sided yeah. thing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I'd say if you're not sure, talk to people that you know. See what they're thinking as well. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll have people, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, who are yeah. around you who are yes and no. Um, we certainly have that. Mm-hmm. I have that in my life. People who are going to write yes and people who are going to write no. But the mm-hmm. talk, the mm-hmm. discussion is good because you can learn from people as well. Um, you know, people that you trust. Exactly. All yep. right. Let's put a let's put a full stop on that, and uh, we'll see how that all goes. But like I said, beyond the 14th of October, the Catholic Church is committed to reconciliation with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. We will not leave you behind. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's uh, move on now. 
and let's dare to talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. Lino, I have before, when we've talked oh. about science, talked about our track record, and... Uh, oh, no, this is a track record that without... Um, without Caroline. Caroline yeah. has been... Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yes, and, uh, but fun. Yes. Totally, totally fun. And as, and, it, as the, uh, mm-hmm. and as the little tagline at the end of most Star Trek movies says, the adventure continues. And so you and I... Exactly. <laughs> you and I will dare to continue the adventure of talking about science. <laughs> and I've got a brief one. Yes, I've got a brief will. one today. And, uh, you know, Lino, we've, we've talked about concrete and mushrooms and melting robots yeah. and things like that. And yes, I mean, who, yes. who doesn't love a good robot story, right? So, uh, let's, <laughs> let's do that. But before we do, I actually wanted to share a little bit of listener feedback, Lino, because I thought the science segment would, would be the right time to do this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause we do, yeah. okay, okay. because not only have we talked about those topics I mentioned, but we've also talked about, as you know, magpies. And I was a bit surprised by how much feedback on Discord, like the discussion that the Magpie discussion started. I saw a little bit of that to see what you're saying about it. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so just a few comments that, that came up. One person said, reminds me of a Bluey episode. Also, I get, and I, I had to Google this, right? There's actually a Bluey episode about a magpie <laughs> in a tree that does a bit of swooping. Yep. Said, um, also, okay. um, okay. I guess I always thought of magpies as North American birds. They are pretty much the unofficial uh, state bird of Colorado, but I guess they live all over the world. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually had no idea that there were, were American magpies, but they're very different from ours. They don't have the aggressive tendencies that they have uh, in Australia. <laughs> so another said, yeah, Australia, okay. yeah, Australia okay. has its own particular species of magpie. It's not even uh, a corvid like the other magpies. Once again, I'm reminded that Australia is weird. Yep, certainly is. Yep. <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah, another comment. Wait, what? I entirely assumed that it was the same kind of bird. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking that it's strange that Aussie magpie swoop learns it from the Bluey episode too. While I've never seen seen one here doing that, guess that explains it. Uh, and so I reshared mm-hmm. the um, the magpie alert website that I shared in our in our last episode. Okay. And cool, uh, cool, cool, cool. and one of them said in the US they just raid picnic tables. And I said, uh, and I said we've got seagulls for that. We got seagulls yeah. for that. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, and mm-hmm. the last comment I'll share is this one. It says anecdotally, at least according to that site, and is referring to the um the website that I shared. It says ten percent of magpie attacks end in injury. It says they sound worse than drop bears, mm. which I think is the, uh, for me is the, <laughs> yep, that, that's the comment of the, uh, of the section for me. I like that. Yeah. Yep. They drop bears. Yeah. I love it. There was a question like, um, you know, can you, you know, shoe them away with sticks or whatever? And I said, I wouldn't dare. Um, and then I wouldn't know. And I shared, um, that, you know, you can actually try and befriend certain types of magpies and, and then shared some advice on, on that I've seen anyway. Mm. So, so there you go. Yes. Yeah. yes so yes, I'm, yes. I'm glad that the magpie segment resonated. That was good. So I wasn't surprised, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now I'd like to go back some, to some ter- territory that's safe for you and me, Lino. Let's talk about ro- robots. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. Here we go. Here so we go. I thought this one was actually really cool. It's called, and this is from technology.org. I've seen it in a few different sites and this was actually posted. This one was posted today at time of recording, which is two weeks ago for those who are listening. Mm. It says researchers at the University of Washington 
have developed small robotic devices that can change how they move through the air by snapping into a folded position during their descent. That's right. They've created battery-free robots that use origami to change shape in midair. So there we go. <laughs> origami robots, people. That's where we're going today with this. Uh, now, Wow. Oh. Yeah, it's great. So um, now I will say that on this website, there's a two-minute video that you can watch which shows these things in action. And it's really cool because they have um, yep. these two vertical wind tunnels. They're small wind tunnels. Okay. And they have a robot configured to to float and one not to float. And they show how it changes its shape using origami okay. uh, so that it can suddenly float, right? So, which is really cool. It says that these are um, robotic micro flyers. They're dropped from a drone and they use what's called Miuri Ori origami. Now, you need to look this up because it's very, very hard to explain, but is very cool as well. But they use that type of origami <laughs> fold to switch from tumbling and dispersing outward through the air to dropping straight to the ground. To spread out the flyers, the researchers control the timing of each device's transition using a few methods, including an onboard pressure sensor, which estimates the altitude, an onboard timer, yep. or a Bluetooth signal, because everything is better with Bluetooth, Leo. Yeah, yeah. everything's going to be Bluetooth, yeah. <laughs> everything is better with Bluetooth, yeah. Bluetooth, yeah. These uh, robotic micro flyers weigh 400 milligrams, which is about that is light yeah, as, half yeah, as heavy as, as a nail, apparently. Half as a nail. Yeah, that's very light. And they can travel the distance of a football field when dropped 40 meters um, in a light breeze. Okay, cool. Each device, yeah. Each device has an onboard battery-free actuator, a solar power harvesting circuit, and a controller to trigger these shape changes in midair. The microflyers also carry onboard sensors to survey temperature, humidity, and other conditions while soaring. So these are pretty smart little robots. You have to look at a picture of them. They're actually really, really cool. You can see the folds. Mm. Um, they're not made of paper. They're made of another kind of bendable, shapeable material. But you can see yes, the folds. And, yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't actually yeah, exactly roll right. this circuitry on a piece of paper. But he says, and there, there is a photo that zooms in to show the circuitry as well. So that it, shows, it says here that the circuits are assembled and patterned directly into the flexible material that makes the, up the micro flyers. Mm. And you can see an image. And believe me, this, this is really cool to look at. You have to check it out. Yep. Yeah. So it says here, using the one of the senior authors, Vikram uh, uh, Ilya from uh, the University of Washington, says using origami opens up a new design space for micro flyers. We combine the Muri Ori fold, which is inspired by geometric pattern folds in leaves with power harvesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they're like leaves, right? Mm. I think maple leaves or elm leaves is what they were shaping it on. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it uses power harvesting and tiny actuators to allow our flyers to mimic the flight of different leaf types in midair. In its unfolded state, mm. our origami structure tumbles chaotically in the wind, similar to an elm leaf. But switching to the mm. folded state changes the airflow around it and enables a stable descent similar to how a maple leaf flies. This highly efficient method allows us to have battery-free control over microfly descent, which was not possible before. So this is really cool, Lido. I mean, like, the, I, honestly, I love this. I can't wait to see more advanced micro flyers that can just change shape like origami <laughs> and stay in the air for, for longer, right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It says the robotic systems overcome several design challenges. The devices, and we've got a dot point list here, are stiff enough to avoid accidentally transitioning to the fold state before the signal. So they can't accidentally refold to the state they were in before. The oh. transition mm -hmm. between states is rapid. So it happens really quickly. 
The onboard actuators yes. need only 25 milliseconds to initiate the fold. That is fast. So, so that's how quick, it's super fast. Yep. So they change shape while untethered from a power source. The microflyer's power harvesting circuit uses sunlight to provide energy to the actuator. So, uh, solar power. Yeah. So they've got like wow. mini solar. They're very small, as you'll see, but it's just mini solar, very solar small. cells there. Yep. So the current micro flyers can only transition in one direction at the moment. So they can't okay. go back. Yep. Um, yep. So they can go from tumbling to falling. Um, so, you know, controlled falling. The switch allows yep. researchers to control the descent of multiple micro flyers at the same time. So they disperse in different directions on the way down. The researchers said future devices will be able to transition in both directions. This added functionality will allow for more precise landings in turbulent wind conditions. Mm-hmm. So there it is, Lino. Controlled, future <sighs> controlled micro flyers that use origami folds to go from tumbling to just falling. What do you reckon? Uh, that is amazing. Um, like you said, are these things, what is it, what do they say? Ejected uh, or um, d- dispatched from a drone. They're dropped from a drone, that? yes. Is that correct? Yep. From a drone. So not only do you have a drone that can um, look around, yep. you can have these little micro flies flying around, but much later on in the future, they may even be able to send um, communication and mm-hmm. information. You know, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking more the positive way. Yeah, please. Not the robots you taking know, people. Over kind of I'm yeah. No, no, not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's positive as well. But maybe the military may be using it. But yeah. that, that's beside the point. Yeah. What I'm thinking about is more for um looking at a, an area for you know um harvesting and um looking for um great cultural multicultural uh grounds to yeah. you know plant things. Yeah, research you know? and all kinds of you know yeah monitoring exactly. research. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like could we exactly. could we exactly. for example have in the future, a high atmosphere, but not space, you know, but just high in the atmosphere robot mm. that could mm. continuously float using solar power and change its shape. Yep. Now it's getting kind of scary. Yes. But like, you know, for example, to, no, you know, um, no. to monitor, for example, changing weather, ground conditions, exactly. be exactly. used for monitoring emergency situations and providing, you know, up-to-date exactly. information. There's these future yes. applications, I mean, making it larger will be a challenge, but still, they, I mean, clearly they've become, they've come this far. So there's, and they want to be able to make it change shape from one to the other. Exactly. So, I mean, it could adapt to different conditions mm, using mm, sensors mm. And, and stay continuously in the air for hours, days, maybe even longer in the future. Yeah. Very cool. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at these circuitries and I work for a company who sell electronic components and all those components look very similar. Yeah. I've shipped those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We shipped those little ones and all that. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we're helping them build these. And oh, of course, we're one of the only company where we, there's hundreds of other companies who sell electronic components yeah. for everything like that. But it looks. Um, unbelievable, yeah. Lindsay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love, Lino, that wow. this year, you and I, when we've been in charge of the science topic, we've been able to find something so weird but science-y and, and go with it. So, well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, it, it's, it's a, I, I totally understand where they're coming from yeah. with all this, uh, yeah, with, you know, yeah. with the um, research and everything. But, wow. Hopefully, wow. they won't be brought down by swooping magpies in Australia. Just saying. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, no. They will be those poor things. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> magpies one, yeah, origami robots zero, yeah, yeah. zero. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, right. just keep them away from the magpies. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that in mind, uh, let's move on now and talk about entertainments. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. 
not what we came here to do. No, it's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. So I've only got a brief one today, Lino. Um, so okay. uh, the what I've been watching recently. Oh no, I've got two, but I'll keep it short. Uh, I've been watching two. Okay, cool. one is the Ahsoka series on um, yep. on Disney Plus. So at yep. this stage, time of recording, five episodes in, and oh my goodness, it's amazing. I'll just say that. Is it a, it's, so? It's, what? Who is yeah. Ahsoka? I've been yep. listen, I've been looking at it on Facebook and everything, and she's from. The rebels, isn't she? From yes, the rebels so side originally, of yeah. So originally, um, Star Wars the, Rebels, the Clone Wars, um, animated yeah. series. So yes, Ahsoka Tano was introduced as Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. So he was her master. She was the oh. apprentice. Yeah. So um, oh. so and there's a whole history to this, right? So this is when he was good before he was like, you know, this is when he was a good Jedi. So um, yeah. Oh, so I was about to say this is before. Yeah, this yeah, is before yeah. Episode Three. It's, it's mm. it kind of the Clone Wars takes place between Episode Two and Three. So this is, you know, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan, all these characters, you know, fighting, um, the Clone Wars and so on. And Ahsoka is, yeah, okay. is Anakin's Padawan at that time. Okay. Dude. And so it goes through the whole history. There's a situation which causes her to, to leave the Jedi Order. So she never becomes a Jedi Knight and she quits and then comes back. There's a whole history. Then she pops up again, <laughs> um, it, with the rebellion, supporting the rebellion in, in Star Wars Rebels. Um, and now, and we've seen her, come back in the Mandalorian uh, for an episode and a bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. A live action. And now that live action character has her own series. Um, and she's, this series is essentially, it's a, it's a live action continuation of star Wars rebels in a lot of ways. Oh, cause there's okay. a, quite a few star. There's quite a few star Wars rebels characters who, um, who have been yeah. live action for it, which it's is so bit, cool. Bit, yeah. I, I saw the, yeah. I saw the yeah. Uh, comparisons on, yeah, on, yeah. on, on Facebook. Yeah. And I go, oh, okay. All and right. seeing a real life chop of the robot, the droid. So, cause he's a droid <laughs> yeah, with a lot of grumpy the- droid with attitude. And I love seeing a live version of him. So that's, that's <laughs> okay. made me so happy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's an interesting mystery going on there. And also a, what's happened to a couple of characters that disappeared. There's this, this mystery of what happened to them in Star Wars Rebels. Oh, during yeah. the Rebel? Yeah. Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Okay. okay. So okay. yeah, okay. I won't spoil that, but more there. And the other one um, is Lower Decks is back. Star, yeah, Star Trek Lower <laughs> Decks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Season four. Awesome. And oh my gosh, okay. it's, it's a All riot. Right. It's okay. a riot. Is it? <laughs> I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. But what I'll say is, so it's three episodes in at the moment, but the first episode brings back, how do I put it? A legacy starship. Okay. That's, that's been decommissioned. Legacy starship. Yep. Decommissioned. Which, yeah, okay. which they have to transport. They have to take it back to earth. That's their mission. Take it back to earth. So it can be put on display as a museum. So oh. while they're on this starship, so that they're, they're, they're literally flying it back, right? They're crewing it and flying it back. While they're flying it oh, back, no. they experience like all of the, all of the, um, weird things that happens to the crew during the series. So like there are episodes oh, where, no way. And, like, but all at once, right? All these different things that happens that, <laughs> like in these episodes, classic episodes, um, there's all these deep cuts and callbacks that, yeah, where they have to experience it and deal with all of these problems, but they happen all at once instead oh, of, you know, amazing. yeah. And it's oh, so, so funny. It's so okay. funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I won't say what. You got, you got me yeah. thinking. Which which starship? Is it a starship? Is it? Yeah. I oh, know. Okay. All right. So, Billy, it's a legacy there. starship that's now become a museum. And oh my gosh, I, yeah, it's and like, yeah, and they, yeah, it is so funny. Like, and there are some really cool. deep cuts, you know, like to episodes that, yeah, it's uh, anyway. Nice. I won't say more, but yeah, I highly recommend, highly recommend um, those two series. Definitely, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, Lido, how about you? 
Yeah, good. I, I was gonna ask a quick question because did yep. Lower Decks and um, Strange New Worlds have a, a, uh, a crossover? And yes, Boimler they did. Went through a thing. Yeah, Boimler and that. Yeah, is, yeah. What, oh, what, oh my gosh. What happens yeah. there, Lindsay? Did they do an episode of Lower Decks? And he goes through the poll. Oh, it's a Strange New Worlds. It's a Strange New Worlds episode. It begins. Okay, okay, it begins, okay. Uh, in the on the low on the lower on, on the, the lower decks. Yeah, right. And then it goes into okay, live action. Okay, okay. And yeah, actually, yeah. it's so funny. In uh, in it, I think it's in the first episode. Um, <laughs> Mariner, she says something like she goes. She says something like this reminds me of that of that Captain Pike thing we're not allowed to talk about. Uh, but oh my gosh, I was oh. like, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. She's like this reminds me of, this, of that Captain Pike thing we're not allowed to talk about. You're like referring to when they went back to Captain Pike's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, okay. there's just all these all good, like all good, all good. what I love so far this season. There's just been these laugh out loud moments that catch you by surprise. And oh my god. Sometimes nice. I've been in tears laughing. It's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> so any Star Trek fans, uh, I love Lower Decks yep. because it can be fan service and, and that's the whole idea. It's, yeah. you know, it's fan yeah. service, but it's really funny, smart fan it service. Is. Yeah. It so, is. It is. It is. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. Do you have anything that's been entertaining you, Lido, briefly before we Well, lately, I was about yeah. to say, you know, yeah. I was about to say we've been watching Star Trek Next Gen and... um. Benedict's been enjoying it, yeah. and um, and as as time goes by, as we're watching Lower Decks, she'll know what these references yes, are. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. She'll episodes. laugh about it. Yeah, goes, exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, that's the yeah. okay, and, mm. and she's really enjoying it. Yeah. Um. Besides that, just bits of little other shows. I think The Witcher. We'll come back to watch that. Yep. Yep. Um. And personally, lately, personally for myself, quickly is um, I've been playing um original. Sorry. Let me start again. Divinity Original Sin. Oh yeah, that's so a very all popular. Gamers, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, this is the um, yeah. this is the guys who talk. Sorry, not talk, but agreed to make the the Baldur's Gate. Ah, uh, yeah, game, you're right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. been very yeah. big, yes. and I I totally understand why it's been big. I just wanted to go back to their yeah. first. This is done by a group called Larian Studios. Yes, so yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, indie. Uh, well, is that yeah. how you say it? Independent. Yeah, they kind of um, got big. Divinity Sin? Original Sin Very, one and two became big. Two, yeah, games. Big. Um, yep. Yeah, and Baldur's Gate has history. Like it's a very popular. History, you know, like I came down on all these. It was. Yeah, and um, yes, and so yep. they were given, you know, the the go yes. to make number three, and it's exactly. I haven't played it yet, but it's exactly. been huge. I'd like to play it at some point. I, I need to find yeah, five hundred yeah. hours where I can actually sit down and play it. Because you know, <laughs> that's how long it will Look, take. The great yeah. thing is, is it, yeah. I think it's the old days where we can play yeah. um, a co-op online as well. Yeah. So if anyone wants to play together, you don't have to, yeah. well remember old days of landing. Yeah. But you can play online, and yeah. it's it's a good game. Very Been cool. Really, in, really um, yeah. enjoying that one. All right. mm-hmm. In a future episode, I want to talk about some Nintendo Switch stuff, but I'll save it for next time because I've been playing some some oh, other cool. games there. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. So let's leave it there. Um, so first of all, uh, we want to thank you all for joining us for episode 105 of the Catholics of Oz. And as always, we'd like to thank some patrons. So today we would like to thank Tina G, John M, Joel C, Greg C, and Michael P. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all the shows on StarQuest to continue. So thank you so much for that. You can visit them by joining sqpn.com slash give. And as always, please keep us in your prayers. Also, we'd like to know your thoughts about the topics that we've discussed today. You can send us feedback by visiting sqpn.com slash oz, where you can also find our show notes. While you're at the SQPN website, don't forget to sign up to the newsletter, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter to get updates about all of your favorite shows. You can also find all of uh, these shows and more at SQPN's Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia 
or Twitter, Twitter at SQPN. Uh, we also have our own Catholics of Oz Facebook page, facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz, where you can see photos of our pets and other things. You can join us by visit, uh, to discuss our latest episodes there as well. And uh, also don't forget that StarQuest has a Discord community, which is great to be part of sqpn.com slash discord for more details on that or you can reach us by good old email catholics of oz spelt sqpn.com and don't forget the oz is spelt oz leno thank you so much for being part of this episode today yeah it's been amazing Lindsay. amazing origami i'm not gonna look 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 at origami again man that's yeah maybe put some little circuitry in there yeah, Maybe I'll ask your brother Paul to help you with that. Yeah, I might, we'll I might just go make a crane after this. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My origami skills are terrible. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm Lindsay Sands, and thank you so much for listening to episode 105 of The Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Middle Earth. Find it wherever you can find podcasts or at sqpn.com slash Middle Earth. We'd like to thank Patrick McCaffrey of Moonshadow Studios for editing this episode. To have your audio edited professionally and with care, check out more of Patrick's work at moonshadowstudios.biz. That's moonshadowstudios.biz.